Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by Mother Teresa who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and we are right back handling this new year with an amazing priest and amazing challenge that he has given. Uh, If you have been asleep for the past year, don't worry, we're going to wake you up because everybody knows about this book, this guy, Father Donald Calloway, who is the author of The Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father, we have him on today on the podcast to talk about St. Joseph and, of course, his book, which has sold over a million copies, my friends, and counting. It counts. It just goes up every single day. It's in 15 different languages. Don't worry. I know you're already wondering where you can get the book if you don't already have it, and we'll keep it in the show notes for you to get it, grab your copy right now. In fact, I would have mine in front of me for this interview, but my daughter, who is just seven years old is literally looking through it as we speak downstairs. So it's that it, it, it is that compelling that even a seven year old will want to pick it up. But today we are talking with Father Donald Calloway. Now he is a convert to Catholicism. Don't you just love those converts? They're so good. He is a member of the congregation of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Now, before his conversion to the Catholic faith, he was, and, and this is this is also written out on his website. These are not my words, so I don't want you to think that I'm being mean. But he was a high school dropout who had been kicked out of a foreign country. Oh, gosh. this If you haven't heard this story, you should really listen to this. But he's a high school dropout, kicked out of a foreign country. He was inst- institutionalized twice and thrown in jail multiple times. Rough past, difficult moments, definitely, for father there. But he had a radical conversion I will not spoil the details, but it was radical. It is amazing. It is hands down one of my favorite, favorite convert stories. It just brings me to tears every single time I think about it, talk about it. It's so good. Since then, he has done a ton of great stuff. Um, He has a bachelor's in philosophy and theology from Franciscan. He has got graduate degrees as well from the Dominican House of Studies in Washington, D.C. He has an STL in Mariology um, from the International Marian Research Institute in Dayton. Oh, so many good things that he's done. Father Calloway has written so many articles, so many books, and he's the editor of two books, The Immaculate Conception in the Life of the Church, which is pretty neat, and The Virgin Mary and Theology of the Body. He is also, as we know, and as I talked about in the very beginning, the author of The Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father. Again, I know this has been, this is the year of St. Joseph, and so Everyone is looking for that book, and here it is. It's right there in the show notes. You can grab it there, and we are talking to the author of it, Father Donald Calloway. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, my friend. It's so good to finally technically meet you because I know we've been at events together, but you know how those are. It's crazy. And unless you run into the other speakers in the hallway, sometimes you never even see them. So I know we, we, we just we just see each other from the posters. That's kind of how it used to be. We would just be like, oh, yeah, I was at a conference with that person and I, right. where they were and what they spoke about. We don't really know, but we were on the same poster. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. It is so good to finally meet you in person. As we were we were talking, you know, before we started the podcast, and I was telling father that this is my fangirl moment. I'm like, this is 
this is the I I would I and I did remember actually trying to wait in line to get to at one point. I wasn't able mm. to at one of those conferences that we both spoke at. Uh-huh. And I just I I don't know. I felt really bad. I was like, I, I can't cut in line. I mean, everyone's, <laughs> we're all waiting. I'd be like, excuse me, I'm Leodero. So I didn't want to cut in line. So I was like, I'll just wait later. I'll just grab That's him. So I'll just grab him later. But I have you now on the podcast. So, so happy about it. Life has got to be crazy for you right now. You have written mm. this book. You you wrote this book, The Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father. You wrote this book before Pope Francis declared the year 2021 as the year of St. Joseph, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, uh, almost a year before. So it right. came out on January 1st, 2020, and he declared that on December 8th at the at the end of the year. So, But I, I got to be honest, the timing was amazing because if he had declared it sooner, I wouldn't have been ready. I would have been like, wait, hold on, time out. <laughs> wait, give me some time here. I gotta, I gotta, I need a few more months. So the fact that he did it after people were becoming aware of the book, I mean, it just sent the sales and the interest off the charts. And I'm eternal. I actually wrote him a letter and said, thank you. I know you didn't do it for me, Holy Father, but nonetheless, thank you because I know the Holy Spirit was at work big time. So super Amen. grateful. And again, like I said before, this book has been translated in 15 different languages. It's It has sold over a million copies. And that is amazing in and of itself. But the fact that it happened in such a short time frame says so much about what the Holy Spirit is doing in people's lives with the amazing power of St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt about it. That's one of the reasons I put the book together was because I mean, I, I have my own history, like you talked about in, in the little bio. And it's always funny when people read that, you know, I'm like, man, makes me sound like I'm like somebody really important. And I'm like, I'm just a normal dude. I'm just a guy who's received a lot of mercy and is still trying to finish, you know, the race. And and that's where the book comes from, is that whole history of my own wounds with the fathers in my life, mm. because I had three fathers before I was 10 years old, and none of them were St. Joseph, let me tell you. And it left a lot of wounds in me and a lot of searching for authentic manhood myself. And so that's a big part of where the book comes from, because I see that in the culture. Mm. I see it everywhere. There's Men don't know what it means to be a man or a father. And when they try and express it, they're told, that's toxic. It offends me. Stop it. You know, and it's like, man, what do we do here in this crazy world? So I thought, let's return to the best of all fathers, St. Joseph. And I know what he did for me, and I think he's got a big part to play in helping the world straighten things out, you know, get things right again. Yeah. So talking about that, I mean, we, like like I said, we have all the links to the book. You need to get the book. I remember Ricky grabbing this book as soon as it became available. And Ricky's my husband, in case yeah. we all don't know that. But um, And I remember seeing this book, and I, and I was so excited for him to get the book, especially because I didn't tell him to get the book. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, it's like the wife being like, oh, are you going to read St. Joseph? Nice. <laughs> and, um, but he was talking about it and he's like, this is so good. And he was completely captured by it. And I just, what you mentioned of like how this book will help in so many different ways in, in our lives to reclaim that positive for, for men, that positive masculinity, right? Mm-hmm. That we need. And it's not toxic except our mm-hmm. culture, our culture is so upside down. Anyways, you can't <laughs> listen to anything it says, but what do you think? And I kind of want to bring in your own conversion story into this as well. But before we get into your story, like what do you think St. Joseph does for men with these father wounds in mm-hmm. particular? Like, what do you like, how do you see that helping them to, because 
father wounds, mother wounds. We have yeah. these, these wounds are, are some of our greatest wounds is what we, ha- is what we, we have or been handed down to us from our upbringing or our parents. And so for yeah. father wounds in particular with men, what yeah. do you think St. Joseph brings to the table for them? Well, I mean, I think the first two things that come to mind are either most men's experience and with women as well, is they were either under affirmed by a father meaning they weren't really, they didn't have an affectionate relationship with their father or he was very critical of them or he just wasn't present. He wasn't there at all. And I mean, 25% of children growing up today are raised in a home without a father. Um, In certain cultures, it's actually much higher. Or they were over-affirmed in the sense of everything they did, they got a trophy for and they were spoiled. And so one of those two extremes. And so I think for, and there's other variations, but just focusing on those two, if you were under-affirmed, well, you're going to need a good fatherly model that's going to tell you that you are loved, that you know you don't have to be insecure, you don't have to worry, that you have a good father who really does love you and, and he'll help you. And that's certainly St. Joseph. I know a lot of men have not had a good father. Or for the men who have had a father who was present, but really just didn't teach them certain skills in life so that men grow up thinking, gosh, I feel deficient. I see another guy over there changing a tire. I don't even know how to change a tire. My dad didn't teach me. You know, my dad, you know, okay, I had a dad, but, um, you know, it spoiled me, just gave me video games all day. And I didn't have to get a job and get responsibility myself. And so that's a wound as well for men and they feel deficient. And so I think that St. Joseph will, will help you to realize, I mean, he taught God how to work. You know, Jesus wasn't some, you know, bum living in his parents' house until he was 30 years old. He took that trade of his father. And so St. Joseph, he'll he'll teach us how to be good men, how to walk on our own, and how to be strong and, and how to be gentlemen. I, I think that's an important part because a lot of men, you know, they haven't really learned that from their father and they've looked to TV examples to see how to do it, but you know, you're gonna get all jacked up kind of models when you're looking there. So St. Joseph is going to, he's going to give you a correct understanding of things. And that's been my experience. And, and a big part too, I have to say, this is not true for all men, but today, you know, I'm a priest. I hear confessions. I can't tell you the content of them, of course, but things like pornography and lust, this is numero uno among the sins of men today. And so many men have fallen prey to this, even married men who have beautiful wives. It's like, you know, I'm like so confused by that. Sometimes I'm like, I don't get that, but still men are so drawn to this because it's everywhere. The, the images, the, the posters, the, the soft form and leads to the hard form, and then you're in mortal sin. So St. Joseph, oh boy, is he a remedy for this? My goodness, boy. And men are discovering that and they're, they're, the chains are being broken from mm-hmm. these, these sins of lust. Amen. Do you, do you find that those extremes that you talked about with men with father wounds are the same for women? Like, to kind mm. of flip the coin with women now, women with father wounds. How do you see St. Joseph speaking in to their hearts? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, there, there is. I would say in my, it's been my experience as a priest that many women, um, the wound from a father comes more from the lack of affirmation, um, mm. where they, they're not telling them that they're beautiful or that they love them but they're really abusing their authority by sometimes being very critical of their daughters mm-hmm. um, and telling them things that are so hurtful to their feminine heart as it's developing that it leads to so much insecurity. I mean, I cannot tell you the amount of women who come to me 
and not just young women, but women, you know, who are in their 50s, 60s are saying that they just never got that affirmation from a loving dad. And now their father is deceased and they still crave it. They still want it. And I think when they discover St. Joseph, and I've met many women now who have done the consecration program, and they're telling me, Father, this is healing me. This is really helping me to realize that, that I am loved, that I have a dignity. And even though my father can't give that to me now, my earthly father, St. Joseph is affirming me and loving me. And that's awesome. I love that kind of stuff. It's such a bridge. I mean, St. Joseph is such this bridge to God the Father mm. that I... I'm in awe every time I think about it. You know, I mean, sometimes it's, I find it um, in my experience when I, when I talk with women about those father wounds that they can't seem, they can't seem to make the jump to, okay, I have this major father wound, but God, the father loves me and God, the father won't hurt me. Mm -hmm. But it seems that St. Joseph is like this man along the path (laughs) who is going to kind of step in and say, I'm an earthly man. And I do love you. Yeah. And God the Father loves you. And, and it just, he seems to be this amazing bridge in my experience. We, we, I, I, don't, I, I don't really work with, yeah. much, with many men, but with women in my, in my work, in my apostolate, that I see that. Do you yeah. see that as well? That he, mm-hmm. he kind of bridges this, this, this space and time with healing? Yeah, he does. And I, I've seen that. I've heard that. And I think maybe part of it is that with God the Father, who is a father, but, you know, he, God, the father is, wasn't technically in like a marriage like Joseph was. So yes, God, the father is, is married to humanity, to our souls, of course, right? We, we talk that kind of terminology and spirituality and it's true, but Joseph had a wife that he was affectionate with. So yes, they did not engage in the marital act in their marriage because of their particular vocation, but they really did love each other. It's not like they were robots. You know, they were, it wasn't just some contract. I mean, they loved each other. And that is something that we haven't thought about too much. But when women see, wow, Joseph actually probably was very chivalrous to his wife. He probably opened the door for her. He probably, you know, did things that made her feel secure and loved. And I I guarantee you that Our Lady, again, sometimes people think about Our Lady like she's so otherworldly that she's not a woman, like she doesn't have a feminine heart. No, she does. And it's such a tender, delicate heart, the immaculate heart, that she loves St. Joseph, her man. He was her man. And Mary was his lady. And this is what I love about this, right? We say our lady all throughout the day when we pray as Catholics. Mm -hmm. St. Joseph is the first one to say it. And he said, my lady, right? (laughs) I mean, wow. I mean, he's the father of Marian devotion. So, I mean... That if he gave that to the Blessed Virgin, which he did, that love, that respect, that that all of that, women when they discover Saint Joseph, it is a bridge to to going to God the Father and recognizing, wow, if Saint Joseph is the shadow of the Heavenly Father, how good must God the Father be? How much, you know, how much does He love me? Oh, so much, so much. Amen. So Saint Joseph, when we look back on our conversions, reversion moments, and, mm. and obviously there's there can be multiple of them all the time. We can see things in retrospect that we didn't see like at the moment. Sometimes at the moment, you're just like, okay, I got to get out of this, this situation. Yeah. And I need to go over here. 
But when you look back, you can see how other things work together and we're developing behind the scenes. And you, we had no idea until, you know, we have the time and, and, and maybe spiritual awareness mm-hmm. to, to see that. So I'd love for you, one, to share, to share a little bit of your conversion story. Mm. So good. I mean, we obviously mentioned some like key points in your in your bio. All the bad stuff. All the bad. I know it's terrible. I have the same thing, and I'm like, what? And I'm like, I wrote this bio. I write this so people can read it. And I'm like, I just, I, I I tell myself all the time, like, Leah, you need to change your bio. You sound like a terrible person in the first paragraph. (laughs) I'm like, well, I mean, technically, I guess it's true. But okay, but we did read some pretty. Bold statements in in the first part of your bio. When you look back at your conversion and this moment of of all these things going on that led to you converting to Catholicism, um, do you see the hand of Saint Joseph in there? And if you do, could you share with us your conversion story, um, but with with the retrospect and, and, and with the light of Saint Joseph on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it, but I didn't see it initially. Yeah. Um, when I was experiencing my conversion, because as you said, it was just, it was overwhelming. The light was yeah. so bright that I, I couldn't focus on the particulars, but now in retrospect, for sure. So for example, mm-hmm. I mean, the first day that I went into a Catholic church was March 19th. At the time, I, that meant nothing to me, right? Obviously now it's, that's the solemnity of St. Joseph, right? Back then that was just, a, it was just another day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the little Filipino women, so that helped me become Catholic, you know, these women are amazing. They brought me to a statue of St. Joseph in that church. And they said, I think this was their nice way of saying, you're a really jacked up man. Here's St. Joseph, who's, you know, the earthly father of Jesus, the faithful husband of Mary, you should pray to him. And I kind of took that as a hint, like, yeah, you're right. I, I've Because I sinned as a man. I was very much a man of the world. So just living for sensual gratification, mm-hmm. I didn't matter who I hurt physically, emotionally or whatever. I just wanted to have fun and, and you know, do my thing. And um, I hurt a lot of people in that way uh, on many different levels. So, you know, the, the way out of that mess, oftentimes, even in the natural world, when you get bit by something, well, it's that same venom that's going to cure you, right? So you don't have to go far to look for it. The, the thing that makes you sick will make you better sometimes. Well, this was certainly true for me because I was a wounded man and I needed a man to model manhood for me because I'd never had one. And so I went to St. Joseph and that began a relationship that all throughout my seminary and now as a priest for 18 years, Um, He's been helping me. And the crazy thing about this is that all throughout my formation and my growth and maturity in in, in Christ, I've seen certain things that were very loud and very prominent to me, like Our Lady, right? She has fine-tuned me. She has helped me to be what I am today, without a doubt. Confession, the sacraments, without a doubt. But, you know, it's classic of St. Joseph that he almost always remains in the background. Mm -hmm. And all throughout my formation and maturity in the spiritual life, he has been the one who's been silently educating me that I've gone to. And now the the crazy thing is, is that when I was in prayer like four years ago, I really got a strong sense saying, the Holy Spirit saying to me, St. Joseph has been doing this for you and you need to be aware of this and you need to tell the world because the world needs to happen. What happened to you? to happen to them. Because whether it's men, women, families, priests, whatever, 
they need to know about St. Joseph. And it's time for the whole world and the church in a massive way to go to Joseph. That's been there all along. I just didn't see it. But mm-hmm. now it's totally obvious. It's, a, it's right in front of my face every day now. What, how is St. Joseph a part of your life every day? How does he show up every day to you? Yeah. So during seminary, you know, I would, after mass, you know, we always have a St. Stat- Joseph statue in the chapel. Mm-hmm. I would simply just say a prayer, you know, help me to be a good man today. Help me to guard my eyes because I'm still a dude, right? I'm not a robot. You don't, you know, some, as a seminarian, as a priest, you're not transformed into something else. So I'm like, help me to be pure, man. You know, I'm still <laughs> living on a planet where, you know, this stuff is in front of me every day and I got to watch myself, you know, and, and he did. And so that was strong for me. And now every day, I mean, I get up in the morning, I say my consecration to Mary, my daily short little formula, and I say one to St. Joseph. And when I'm going through a particular temptation or struggle during the day, especially when it comes to if my eyes start wandering, my, my heart is thinking things or my intentions, you know, I got to check myself. And I know that I can't do it myself. I'm just, I'm, I'm a sinner, man. So I turn to him and I'm like, St. Joseph, I need you right now to help me. Okay. Because I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the groove, man. I'm feeling the funk. Come and help me, protect me, cloak me with your cloak and, and set me astray because I do not want to be like this. I don't want my heart, you know, with these kind of things in it. And I'm telling you, he is so good at this. He is so good at this. I mean, it's incredible to me, really and truly. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Amen. I love that so much. Hey, ladies, I got a question for you. Do you want to grow closer to Jesus with a community of like-minded Catholic women? If you were like, uh, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> well, then I can help you out. The Lux Catholic app is more than just an app. It is a place to pray, read, and study with supportive women who share our faith. The Lux Catholic app being a part of this, you get access to our own private chaplain, Father Michael O'Loughlin, daily mass readings, we have scripture devotions, live daily prayers, a live book study, and so much more. You can deepen your relationship with Christ through this beautiful spiritual formation. Make sure you click in the show notes or just go to wherever you grab your app and search for Lux Catholic. Join our amazing community for this free Catholic app today. And I can't wait to be with you and to pray with you very, very soon. What do you think about St. Joseph with children? How do you approach that with kids to help help foster a devotion to St. Joseph when kids are so tiny. I mean, yeah. wh- how would you go about that? Like, what are things that, w- that you could relate St. Joseph to them at their little stages mm-hmm. that, that something could like set in? I mean, I know obviously habits that parents do just each day will help that, but yeah. how would you, how would you approach children with St. Joseph? Yeah, that's one I have to say that I'm trying to actually figure out because I'm I'm not a physical father, right? So I don't have children. I, I don't know that experience. But I've talked to a lot of men. Um, I was just talking to one the other day, and he said they're trying to do that in their home, and he as a father's trying to do it. But it's difficult when you know there's peas flying across the dinner table and you're trying to deal you know, a teachable moment and it's like it's chaos. I think, and actually, I have to say, we're praying right now, and it looks like it's going to happen. We're actually going to write a, a follow-up book called Consecration to St. Joseph for Children. So we're, we've begun that now. I just leaked it out. Nobody knew until this podcast, so you're the privileged one who... who <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, so hope I don't get in trouble by the publishers, but I think it's all good. So I'm going to be talking to a lot of families and a lot of dads in particular about that, 
because, um, yeah, there needs to be definitely, Joseph needs to be brought into their lives. And how do you do that? Some have told me they've been doing it through a lot of um, art, showing him not as an old man who's like decrepit in the background about to die, right? That's not really St. Joseph. He was right. young. He was strong. He was handsome. He was a hard worker. He, you know, he was a real guy. And I think maybe that'll help the children in their understanding of who he is. The visual, I think, will be big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that's... I, I, I just realized something that I wish I would have done. Of course, I can do it now. I'm I'm the mama of six kids. And there's been a tradition for generations in my family that after the baptism of a child, we have a special consecration prayer of the baby, the new newly baptized infant, and we always consecrate them to the Blessed Mother. And so there's a whole thing and you read, you go to, you know, you go to your chapel and you read the thing and you consecrate your baby to the Blessed Mother. And that's been going on in my family. Praise God for two, three, three generations now. But I wish there was something like, now I'm thinking, I wish there was something like that. Also that we, I would take my children and also consecrate them at the same time to St. Joseph too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there's obviously the consecration we have, you can have, you can get, get, get the book to consecrate yourself now. And I can still do it with my kids in that way. But um, yeah, that'd be so, yeah. that'd be so, because it's, it's, I think we naturally as Catholics for many of us, it's very natural to think about a consecration to Our Lady, asking Our Lady for prayers and help. It just seems like St. Joseph is just like, mm -hmm. he's that chapel we never make it to in church, <laughs> like <laughs> right. way on the other side or something that we never seem to go over there and have that. But maybe that would help foster it as well. I'm just thinking in the very, very beginning. I think that's awesome. As a matter of fact, as soon as we're done, I'm going to write that down <laughs> and maybe we can formulate a prayer like that and put it in the book. I, I yeah. think that's brilliant. I think that's yeah. brilliant. I think that should happen, definitely, considering how how powerful he is. Um, Father, when you were writing writing this book and the 33 days of consecration, right? Um, and again, this book is is the setup of this book. I just want to say quickly for those who have not purchased it yet, and if you are um, not sure about it, um, it is a it's a nice, big, thick book, but the 33 days are just right in the beginning. It's very, very simple and easy. There's so many resources. And then you have all these wonders of St. Joseph right after the consecration and all of it you kind of go go through. It is so simple. It reminds me of like the first time I ever owned a Mac <laughs> MacBook, like a laptop of, of opening it up and realizing it was so intuitive. I'm like, oh, I just do this. And then I do this. Like you open up the book and you're like, oh, okay, I read this. And I go here, I read this. And then I'm right. I'm done. It's just the layout is perfection. I love it for, I think when you can get really overwhelmed sometimes with all the prayers and all the dedications yeah. and consecrations, this one really eases your mind as you read through it. But going over that, I want, one of the last things I wanted to ask you in all of those 33 days mm -hmm. and all, and even in the wonders of St. Joseph that you wrote after that, was there something in particular that made you really stop and pause? Like, were there something that just grabbed your heart as you were writing and researching in a mm -hmm. way that you didn't expect to be moved in the way that you were moved when you were writing that? Yeah, well, I had many of those moments, I have to say, because in researching the book, I myself was like kind of like doing a quest of who are you, Joseph? You know what I mean? I I haven't, I mean, I've prayed to you, I've talked to you, I've knelt before the statues and everything, but I can't say that I actually know you that well. So um there were so many things for me. Like when I discovered that the wedding ring that he gave to Mary is still in existence in a cathedral in Perugia, Italy, about 30 minutes away from Assisi. 
I mean, that's mind boggling to me, you know, that or just the whole paternal ability of him to intercede. I don't know why, but I don't know why we've never talked about this for 2000 years. I mean, certain saints have like St. Teresa of Avila, St. Andre mm-hmm. Bissette and others. But I mean, when Jesus hears St. Joseph ask him for something, Jesus, who is God, hears it with the heart and the ears of a son, right? Okay, Joseph is not his biological father, but that there's different forms of fatherhood, right? So he loved him with a father's heart, a father's affection, a father's love. And so when Joseph makes a petition known to Jesus, even now in heaven, consider it done. I mean, the paternal relationship there is so amazing, just like Our Lady. So we all know that when Mary, she doesn't even have to make a request. She just has to make an observation. They have no wine. Boom, you got tons of wine, right? Well, now the church is kind of going like, you know what? That actually would apply to Joseph too, because it's not like Jesus is saying, sorry, dad, I just listened to mom. No, right? He, he, he lived under both of their care and Joseph modeled manhood for him. He taught him all these things. And the crazy thing about this, and actually, you know what? This is probably the one thing that, that blew my mind. And still, if I think about it, it's almost overwhelming that Jesus looks like Mary because he lived in her body. They're biologically linked. So he probably has her cheekbones, eye sockets, chin, something, whatever, right? Just like all of us resemble our mother on some level. Now, he doesn't look like Joseph in that sense because he's not his biological father. But he does resemble him in the sense of, I guarantee you that Jesus, our God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the, the second person of the eternal Trinity, when he took on human nature, masculinity in particular, he learned the mannerisms of Joseph. He learned the accent of Joseph. He walks like Joseph. He works like Joseph. All those things, right? Like father, like son. Everybody knows this axiom. What's well, the same thing with Joseph and Jesus? So. When God wants to be like somebody, when God wants to act like somebody, who is that? It's Joseph. Do you know what dignity that is for Joseph? God doesn't obey men or angels, but he did this one. He did this one. I mean, that is so mind-blowing that it almost sounds like heresy, but it's not, right? Jesus is not a robot. He's the God-man. And he, he looked to Joseph to model manhood and all of its virtue and, and chivalry, so to speak, and, and all of those aspects, that just is, that's a meditation right there. That is so profound, you know? So if we, if we tap more into that, I think that's going to be transformative for all of us, not just men, um, but for all of us, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much more to say after that one. Yeah. You just think <laughs> about that. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much... Maybe it's just because it's more apparent. Maybe it's always been this case with the need of healing in the world right now um maybe we've always needed this much healing or maybe we've just maybe the evil is exposed more now than it has been in the past i don't i don't know i don't have those answers but well we need healing Mm -hmm. our world has so terribly wounded we are wounded individuals in this wounded world uh, St. Joseph, you have mentioned over and over again in, in the book, helps bring healing. How, what would you say to somebody who is um, more open to healing or finally realizing that, yes, they need help, and, mm-hmm. but they're wondering, what, but what, 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 what is Joe going to do? What is St. Right. Joseph going to do for right. me? 
And that wound is just so, it's so open right now. What would you say to them based on everything that you've studied and and, and you've given us in your book about what St. Joseph could do for healing Mm -hmm. for us? Well, I would say um, the one thing that he's going to bring is that affirmation and comfort, because what he's not going to do is just gloss over it and not pay attention to whatever it is that you're going through. You know, a father, a good father is, is there, he's present and he listens and he, you know, he's there with you in whatever it is that you're going through. And, you know, so many people have not had that experience. They haven't been able to talk to their father about serious things, either because he wasn't present or he just wouldn't have been interested. Well, Joseph is interested. He wants to hear from you and he wants to be in your life. And the crazy thing, you know, another thing that I learned is his name, the name Joseph, etymologically, if you go to the root of it, it means increase. So, for example, even Jesus increased in his human growth, not in his divinity, of course, but in his human growth. And so it says in Luke chapter two, um, in that episode where they lost Jesus in the temple, it says after that, he went to Nazareth and was obedient to them and increased in wisdom and stature before God and man. So if that's true for Jesus, and it is, and even he needed that affirmation from Joseph, okay, that's that's just incredible. Well, we need it too, and we're going to increase. A good father increases goodness for his children. He increases their, their awareness that they are loved, that they are appreciated, that they're protected, all those aspects. And he's going to increase our relationship with Jesus, with Mary, turning away from vice, turning towards virtue. And if we fall, which we do, right? Children fall. A father, you know, doesn't say to them when they fall, oh, you disgust me, kid. You know, get out of here. One attempt, you had one attempt and you met. No, that's not a good father. A good father, okay, you may get a wound. You may scuff your knee and it might be bloody, but he's going to continue to teach you how to ride that bike, for example. Well, in the spiritual life, St. Joseph, it's not a one-time deal. He knows we're going to make mistakes. He's so tender. He's strong. This man can swing an axe, right? He can cut through wood. And yet that strength is used also to caress your heart, to affirm you, to love you. And that correct understanding of manhood is what the world is desperately in need of right now, because so many men have abused their strength and hurt people emotionally, physically, or worse, or so many men now don't even know what that is. And they want to be women. (laughs) I mean, we're so messed up anthropologically today that by looking to St. Joseph, we're going to get this thing right, and we're going to experience some major healing and conversion, which is the ultimate healing, right? And we're going to actually discover that the church is the hospital. It's the rehab. It's God's rehab. Mm -hmm. And if you get closer to Joseph, you're going to get closer to the sacraments, which is the best medication you're ever going to get, and it's free. It's free. Joseph is going to lead you to that, just like Our Lady does, right? She goes, mm-hmm. helps us come to Jesus. Well, Joseph is the same. And in these days of, of the attacks on the family and marriage and manhood, certain patricide happening in the culture of killing of the fathers, St. Joseph is the go-to guy right now for, for major healing. Amen. St. Joseph, mm. pray for us. Yes. Okay, Father. So, I don't, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that that was probably the challenge, but what could you give us? What's something we can do after listening to this? I can just imagine, okay, we have listeners here, they're, they're wrapping up, we're almost done. Mm-hmm. 
What's something they can do now? What's one thing that they could do to take Joseph in a little bit closer, a little bit deeper into their life? What's a challenge you could give us? Okay. Um, get the book. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah, Get the book because it's all there. I did all the work for you. You don't have to research it on your own. But I, you know, I would s- simply say maybe this. If you don't know Joseph, if you don't even know how to begin a relationship or whatever, well, all it takes is just the baby step. Say a real prayer. You know, a lot of people think they can't enter into prayer unless it's polished, poetic, and refined. And, you know, I've got to have a merit badge to present myself. (laughs) Just go into it and say, Joseph, I don't know, man. I heard this priest talking today. He seemed really excited about you. Um, You seem the way I've never heard him talk about, you know, Joseph talked about like this. So, you know what? Um, I'm open to you being a part of my life and bringing me closer to Jesus and, and, and helping me to experience healing. Uh, and turn away from some of the things that I know are harmful, but I'm so struggled with for decades. And you know what? Amen. Help me. That's great. That's a real prayer, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's because that's it's a relationship. And so just start there and, and let it build. And um, and it will. If you're open to it, it'll develop. It'll grow. It'll blossom. Oh, I love that. Uh, you are a joy and a gift. Thank you so much, Father. Oh, thank you for having me. It's awesome. Appreciate it. This is, I just... There, we we truly truly scratch the surface. I mean that um, this podcast could not be more true about that statement about mm. Saint Joseph. I mean, we barely scratched the surface, my friends. I promise you that book is well worth your time and your money to get. It is absolutely fabulous. Um, make sure you grab it. Make sure if you can grab two, you're going to want to give one away and you won't want to give yours away because you'll end up writing notes in it like my husband's is. And I was like, I need my own book. (laughs) Just don't like journal entries into it. So make sure you do grab it. Father, thank you so much for everything that you've done for us and for um, all the work that you've done to bring St. Joseph to so many people. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you and your family. And uh, yeah, let's keep going to Joseph. He's going to he's going to help us. Amen. And for all of you out there, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I do want to give a quick shout out to Christina from California. She is a new Patreon member. Christina, thanks for joining in with us and being a member here, helping us push this podcast along. You are just the best. Totally appreciated. Please do if you have a quick second when you're on your phone. When are you not on your phone? Come on now. Go ahead and give it a rate a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast. That really helps us. Really appreciate it. And remember, whatever you do today, whatever it might be, just do something beautiful for God. God love you. God bless. And we'll talk to you later. Bye.